welcome into the Sports Buffoons Podcast. Welcome on in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls out there in the world. We are the Sports Buffoons clan back at you out here, running the show here out of, uh, what are we at? We're at Lenexa, Kansas, Tanner? Lenexa, Kansas. That's right. Welcome to our studio. Fairly new still. We've been here now for about a month or so. Is that right? Right about a month. Yeah, yeah. I like it. Hope you guys are enjoying the, uh, the the Chiefs and Royals combination going on back here behind us because obviously showing a little pride back here despite the fact that the Chiefs are currently 1-2 on That's the right. season. Of course, we will dig into that on this show. Give us a like and subscribe and follow as well at Sports Buffoons. We have a lot to go over today as well as some fantasy topics. And at the end of the show, we will give our power ranking of our top seven teams in the NFL of how we see them fit right now. So, guys, breaking news, by the way. Uh, Salvador Perez now has hit 48 home runs, tying the Royals' home run record in one season. Isn't that cool? Two more. Two more. That's amazing. Two more. That's amazing. Two and more. Uh, I know we know we know some people are going to the next upcoming games. I'm going to go on Saturday. Boom. So, I, I want to see him break that Royals' record. Now, I don't know if, you know, Otani might beat him in the end, but that's okay. I just want to see him. Beat the Royals record. Well, he's leading the league right now in home runs, right? He is, correct. So he's leading the league by two home runs, uh, leading Vlad, who is second place with 46, Otani with 44. So there's, I mean, we've got until October 3rd, guys, to play the ball. So, like, Sally could pull this out. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. So I'm used to Salvador Perez being one of those guys that kind of fades towards the end of the season. It's like he gets worn down normally. Like, he starts off real hot, and then back into the year, he's kind of slows down. But, like, this year, he's just been on fire really all year. I mean, well, think about the past, what, three or four years? He hasn't really played much baseball. He got hurt falling down the stairs beginning of the season to trying to catch a suitcase, tore his ACL out, hurt himself doing something else. So he's been out two full years. So essentially, he has a gift of two full years coming into this big contract where he's essentially fresh. It's, this isn't mm-hmm. body wear and tear now. This is more of like, hey, mm-hmm. I haven't played ball the last three or four years. Let's go ahead and play and let's and see what he does. And as a DH more often than we see normally, Correct. like he's getting more rest on his body just from playing catcher in general. Yeah, so. and hopefully uh, he's DHing more come next year and get some MJ Melendez up. One and, thing, one thing I want to point out about Salvi is like when you look back at our our World Series championship in 2015, Salvi's going to be the guy that gets the statue at Royal Stadium. Yeah. And so I, yes. if, if he breaks the record, I mean. That's that's an automatic statue. I, I think he's going to get a statue anyway, but this will just be icing on the cake for Salvador Perez. If you guys had, had followed along here with the Sports Buffoons clan, uh, we're on episode 81 right now. And yes. there was an episode we did, I think it was like 20, maybe 30 episodes ago, where I asked you guys, who's your favorite royal of all time? Mine was Perez. I told you guys right down there, Salvador Perez is my favorite royal of all time. I got to live through, witness him. He was brought to the royals in 06 as a 16-year-old. And, I mean, the guy's just been an incredible part of the city, an incredible person in general, and one of the most lovable athletes we've ever had in this town. So he's not like, you know, a big a big butthole like Georgia Brett was. And everyone, everyone, you know, everyone knew that Georgia Brett had some attitude problems and was not really friendly. But as great as a, as a player he was, you know, people loved him for that, of course. As you can see here, uh, over here on my right shoulder, you have a George Brett poster. But Correct. Guys, aside from that, um, so speaking of things that uh, are memorable and, you know, as far as all that goes, I do have a question for you guys before we roll into the rest of our Chiefs topics, but I just, I'm curious to hear from you guys right now, though. What is your most memorable Chiefs game that you can think of that you've experienced? Not necessarily been there, but just that you've watched, that stands out to you in your mind. What is the most memorable it's game? Still one of my favorite games was actually the one I went to. It was uh, December... It was the Broncos game um, that uh, Terry Poe threw the touchdown to Demetrius Harris in the end zone. I got to be, I was actually up on the big screen as well for a tailgate, uh, like the tailgate deal. Um, I got to be on the big screen. It was a great game to watch. We crushed the Broncos. It was, it was a win. It was the weather was off as well. I think it was like rainy then. It was like kind of freezing rain as well, and we got hit with a big rainstorm right before the, we all went in. Uh, which it was just kind of a fun game in entertainment, like just yeah. from the tailgate perspective, uh, being up on the jumbo screen to Don Terry Poe throwing a freaking touchdown. Yeah, to Demetrius Harris. Yeah, and he um, he caught the ball then too. Right. It, we we don't see that often. No. Jason, what was yours? 
I, I got to go with a couple different ones, and I'm not going to go where you guys think I'm going to go here, but number one for me is my very first Chiefs game that I ever went to. I was 11 years old, December 4th, 1988, New York Jets at Kansas City, and the Chiefs won that game, and the reason why it was so memorable for me is because of my first one, only 11 years old. Second of all, the Chiefs won the game. And third of all, they were giving out all of these free posters of all the Chiefs players. And I went around and I, I, I stole <laughs> all of these boxes of posters. And I still have them to, the, to this day. It was Duran Cherry and Stefan Page and Carlos Carson. And I, I have them all. They're probably worth about five cents each. But that was, that was my first Chiefs experience in my life. And so that, that was my first one. Second one, I went to a random Matt Castle game when they played at home against the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. And I literally paid $17 for the ticket. I actually paid more for the parking that day than I paid for the ticket. And we all know what happened back in the Matt Castle days of the Chiefs. Like, Oh, the I mean, good old era. You could, you could hear a pin drop. Not when the Chiefs were on offense, when they were on defense. You could hear a pin drop at that stadium. And it was the most one of the most memorable game memorable games for me because it was just like, wow, dude, we suck. Like this is this is not how it it's was a low to be. time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's hard for me to really pinpoint one game in particular. Just the last game that I missed live was two thousand eleven. So it has been about ten years since I last missed a live game. Um, but otherwise, you know, even before then, I don't know how far back it had been since I missed a game. I've watched every game, you know, throughout my life, basically. But, I mean, I would say one game I went to the kind of, for some reason, I thought was really cool. There was a, I went to a few games back in 05, and I thought the 05 team was really cool. And they did miss the playoffs that year, but they actually finished with a better record than they had the year afterwards. They went, I think, 9-7. and seven. They went 10-6 and six this year and missed the playoffs. And this was Dick Vermeil's last season as head coach. I went to the Week 17. I actually went to the one before that. It was the Chargers, too. But Week 17 game against the Cincinnati Bengals, where the Chiefs ended up winning that game 37-3. to Now, in this game, uh, Larry Johnson rushed for 201 rushing yards and three touchdowns. But my favorite thing, I was a big Dick Vermeule fan. As his last game there, I remember the whole crowd chanting at the end of that game, Thank you, Dick. Thank you, Dick. Thank you, Dick. And I thought that was cool as hell. You know, but 15-year-old... And I'm over here just chanting, thank you to Dick. And, you know, he is a, a special coach and a great guy. And uh, that's that's very memorable to me. But otherwise, I would say in 03, when Eddie Kennison caught the overtime touchdown pass against the Packers in Lambeau, uh, I thought that was pretty cool. I thought that was that was a moment as a 13-year-old that stood out to me quite a bit. And I'm, now, of course, we're speaking aside from the Super Bowl. Now, obviously, guys, right, we're yes, speaking correct. of things in the past. We're not going with the obvious choices here. We're going with Chiefs history here. Um, so Correct. those ones stand out to me just from from the things I experienced anyway, as, as my my childhood anyway. But yeah, yeah otherwise, like if something newer. I mean, I don't know. It's hard to be. It's hard to even think about where to begin on that because there's been so many amazing times and games. And I mean, even the Alex Smith there yeah. had some great games in it. Of course, it. the, the week, playoff week game. We know one the one Nile Davis returned it right off the bat to open the game. Like those get the first playoff win in how many years that had been twenty? Yeah, and we had heartbreaker games, right? So the one that you know Jason came at halftime and we were up to the Colts, what thirty-one nothing, and Jason showed up to to watch it with us, and we ended up losing. Yeah, yeah, I take full remember that. Yeah, and I was at that Colts 03 playoff game too. Oh yeah, that was too. I was at that game, too, and that was a heartbreak as well. I mean, Priest Holmes fumbled, and as we know, Priest Holmes was not a fumbler. And Dante Hall had a return touchdown, but, you know, it's like the rest of the offense couldn't keep up with the Colts who scored 45 points in that game because the defense was so bad. So, yeah. guys, I don't know. We could go on for hours on this, but we had a lot to talk about today about current time Chiefs, not memories, but present time experiences. And so, guys, I have a question for you guys. Sit in the Chiefs right here, one and two, and who do we have to blame for the slow start on the season for the Kansas City Chiefs because there's a lot to look for right now because we're obviously having defensive issues, offensive issues with the, with the turnovers, and like where do we point the finger? Um, where do we go from here? But just let me hear some of your thoughts, Tanner. All right, guys. So first off, I think you blame the whole team. You blame the coaches. You blame the team. Um, but essentially, you're going to blame these guys that are turning the ball over, for God's sakes. You're leaving your, – your defense isn't helping you any, right? We're struggling on defense, correct? 
Everybody knows this. It's sure. Work. They, they're, they're ranked 31 right now against the run. Correct. So now, not only are you turning the ball over, you're giving your defense less time to rest to you know to get plan out. But then you allow guys like Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson, to come over and beat you. That's that's what you do. You give them the opportunity to beat you, and they're, those guys, those quarterbacks, are going to beat you. Okay, you can't turn the ball over. I don't care who it is: Patrick Mahomes, Clyde Edwards, or Tyree Kill. Figure it out. That was five turnovers in a row, guys. By the way, in a, from from the end of the Ravens game to the beginning of the Chiefs game. Between the last two drives and the first three drives of the two games, oh, yeah, you had five turnovers. Hey, I was in a keeping row. track. I was sitting there hanging out at uh, Austin's bar out here in Olathe. And talking with a buddy about that, I was keeping track in my head as well. I was like, wait a minute, how many drives in a row we had now with a turnover? And especially when the offense is actually moving the ball downfield and yet ends in a turnover. It was, it was such time. a great move, yeah. And then you have a guy that should be on the practice squad or cut, Marcus Kemp, and he drops a catchable ball. Yes, it was a little behind him, but it still was catchable. That's why he doesn't play offense. Correct. And that's why we got Josh Gordon. So there's that. I mean, there's missed tackles. There's defensive communication not happening as well. By the way, I know we're talking like who's to blame. I got to give props to Nick Bolton real quick. That guy is taking advantage of his opportunities the last three weeks, and he has played phenomenal. He's played sure. downhill ball, and I think he's helped Hitchens kind of get towards that downhill ball. I mean, he leads the team in tackles right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's also made some tackles for loss. Correct. And I've seen him like fly around quite a bit, and you know he's not making explosive plays quite yet, but I see but him definitely making he, plays as a guy that's played three. He's games kind of games. figuring out, but he's he's in the mix. Who's to blame, though? My simple answer is Patrick Mahomes. He gets that offense straight, we're fine. Patrick Mahomes needs to get get those guys figured out. He's the captain of that offense. I don't care if it's Clyde. I don't care if it's Hill. Get that offense figured out. Don't worry about the defense. Jason, I don't have anything to say right now. You're going you to take over <laughs> after that comment. Well, yeah, you're getting pissed off at what he said. And the reason why you're getting pissed is I'm getting pissed off for the same reason. So who's to blame? Guys, it's way too easy to just sit here and blame the defense. Yeah, we all know that Chris Jones disappeared. Frank Clark is overpaid. Daniel Sorensen is the ultimate jag, just a guy. Defense is not the same without Willie Gay. We get all that. But for me, the offense sucks. Okay? And when I mean when I say sucks, what I mean is it's not living up to the expectations. Correct. And it's mediocre. It's a mediocre offense. And that starts from top to bottom. And we all believe that it's going to get better, but it's it's the number 13 rushing offense. So for me, offensive line, got to be more consistent at run blocking. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, don't put the fucking ball on the ground. Hold on to the okay? ball, man. Uh, Demarcus Robinson, I'm just throwing him out there randomly. Don't just catch the ball and fucking fall down. Seriously? No, no, no. no. What it was last week, it was Demarcus Robinson caught the ball and almost went behind the first down marker. The way he ran. He ran the opposite way again. Right. Or or whatever. You know, catch the ball, fall down. I mean, Mikal Hartman, can you at least pretend like you're as good as Sammy Watkins? Just just for fun, right? Lucas Niang, I know you're a second-year rookie, but he's got a long way to go, right? He's playing against some good guys, though. Some good rushes. (laughs) We got to save the best for last year. Patrick Mahomes, you're the heir to the throne. I get it. But... Please stop throwing interceptions. You got nine touchdowns, three interceptions. That's not Mer- That's not very Mahomes-like. And so for Mahomes, can you please take a break? Let's just take a little break from the fucking no-look passes. All right? Until you get your fucking team into first place, I don't want to see a single no-look pass. Never. Until they get back into fucking first place. And the offense as a whole, you got six fucking giveaways on offense. The only three teams in the NFL that are worse are Tennessee, Jacksonville, and the Jets. And if I ever have to come on this show again and mention the Chiefs in the same conversation as fucking Jacksonville and the Jets, I'm going to fucking throw up in my mouth. Okay? That's fucking bullshit. So I understand. We all know the defense has some problems. But how frustrated would you be if you're a defensive player trying to make stops and then all of a sudden, you got to sit there and watch the offense either not do shit or turn the fucking ball over. It's kind of like a snowball effect. So the blame for me goes on the offense just as much as it goes on the defense. I'm not going like fucking throw the defense under the bus here. I'm not going to do that. Like for me, it's equal. Yeah. They, they, everybody's to blame here, top to bottom. What do okay, you got? I, right? think, I think you guys are a little weighted maybe to the expectation of how 
this offense has been ran, obviously, in years past in the homes. And um, obviously, right now, the Chiefs sit at fifth right now in points per game on offense. And there's other teams above them right now, like, you know, obviously the Cardinals, Buccaneers, Rams, Bills, Cowboys, Raiders, Vikings, Browns are all in that mix right there. I don't think any of those fan bases are worried about their offense. I think all those fan bases, if any, if any case of losing right there, it's more concerned about their defensive issues than anything. I mean, the Buccaneers just gave up, I think it was 35 points to the Rams, and they've also only got three sacks right now on the season, and that's concerns for them right mm-hmm. now at the moment. Now, I think they're fine in the long run, but as far as to put pressure on the homes like that, you also understand like the Chiefs would have never even been in these games at all without Patrick Mahomes. So, I mean, to put that in perspective, I mean, if you put Alex Smith in that position with two fumbles, all you know, in one game right there, they, those drives that they had in the beginning of the game against the Chargers, that that game's a blowout. That game's not even close. The Chargers go in there and destroy the Chiefs. That's fair. Patrick yeah. Mahomes gives the Chiefs even an inkling of a chance every single game he plays in, and so. That's one of those things where you got to look at the whole idea of how these things are ran and just to understand perspective of these things. Because, I mean, we're, we're talking about trying to make these things even, like they're all equal to blame when the run defense is ranked 31st in the league. And then also, I mean, the, the pass defense is bottom 10 in the league um, and 32nd in points allowed. You're, you're literally dead last in points allowed. You're tied with the Lions. Mm-hmm. And we're going to con- try to compare and say that they're equal to blame here. The turnovers are a problem without a doubt. Sammy Watkins is missed without a doubt. We saw that whenever Sammy Watkins was injured also in the past. The offense is not the same without Sammy. Now, they added a big body. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. But the thing is, you know, the, the, obviously the offense cannot be a one-trick pony with only having Tyree Kill as the only viable receiving option. Demarcus Robinson is average at best. I mean, he's got issues for sure. You, you'll catch a pass and run backwards four yards. That pisses me the fuck off every time he does that. Guy drives me nuts. Miko Hardman can only run jet sweeps. And then Byron Pringle doesn't go on the field at all. So besides Terry Kill, you have a bunch of trash. And that's a problem to me. Now, like I said, we're going to get to the other things here. Talk about it later. But first and foremost, I want to say the defense is a major issue right now. The defensive line is not getting enough pressure on their own no. without blitzing. And that's that's how you win games. You rush the front four. You get pressure with the front Correct. four. When you have to blitz, obviously you're taking guy from coverage, putting him into a situation where he's then taken out of coverage, leaving an option open for a hot route situation. So we know how Bliss works. We know we know that thing works. Like we don't we don't need to get into that with all you guys out there listening. You guys know how Blitz is and rushing forward, how defensive line is so important. But I mean, the linebackers are not getting in position. Anthony Hitchens let Austin Eckler get wide open on a touchdown route there the other day, and the guy was too busy trying to you know change a play or audible or whatever it was, had his head up his ass looking to other teammates. Meanwhile, Herbert snapping the ball, throwing the throwing the touchdown to Austin Eckler. Defense and, communication. And that's it. Yep. They're trying to communicate, but they're too slow. Hitchens yep. is too slow. Hitchens is also not good at stopping the run right now. He will occasionally knife in there and make a play, but not consistent enough. Like he's, yeah. make, he's making more mistakes than he has plays on the ball and stopping the run. Correct. And so also the secondary is inconsistent. You saw DeAndre Baker, you know, a guy who I think we all kind of like, but still make mistakes. And uh, we saw issues with Fenton even. Mike Hughes. Mike, had, Mike, Mike Hughes, Hughes got beat. Of course, got destroyed times. by Mike Williams, which I don't understand how Snead that didn't that even look that great either. Yeah, so there's issues all across the board on the defense, and that's the biggest problem with this team right now is that the defense, if you put the game in their hands, can they step up and make a play? I don't think so. I think that's the, that's the biggest problem right now. And, you know, we can talk about that stop there. It was first and goal at one point. Of course, that turned into a first and the six-yard line for the Chargers there. And because of a false start. And they, they, they did make a stop. They did make mm-hmm. a stop there, of course. But We you know, see potential. That's the thing. We see potential in this defense, but it's not consistent. You have to have consistent rush. You have to have consistent communication. You see some of these teams that are top D, such as Carolina, and those guys seem to be spot on. They know exactly what's going on. And that's why they lead it in sacks. That's why they, they're leading uh, the league in uh, running run defense. Right. And something Spagnuolo even brought up this week was actually how the fact he thinks that See, he looks at this team sometimes, and his quote was that sometimes he feels like we're pretty far away. Mm-hmm. And what he means by that is that we're pretty far away from getting it all together. Like, this team is not cohesive yet on defense, and there is miscommunication right now going on. And uh, I, don't, I don't mean in, the, in, a, in a vaccine sense. I mean in a fact of a football world of miscommunication. And so, you know what I mean? So I, I think that's the, the thing where the teams can take some time to gel. I think that it's going to take time, and I think overall it's going to get there. Keep in mind, guys, 2019 when the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, that defense was not very good either in the beginning of the year. 
It took them the back half of the season to really get it all together and that playoff run to really play like a top five defense to win the Super Bowl in the end of that whole playoff run. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's okay to not be 100% right now on point because these teams right now we're looking at that do have the best defenses, not necessarily going to be the best defense here in 15 weeks. No, No. So something to keep in mind. Obviously, there's issues. It's frustrating to see because Chris Jones, that defensive end, is not working out yet. Uh, I want to see more from him without a doubt. They've actually had discussions in the team locker room about moving him back inside more often. But then again, who then replaces him at the end if guys like Frank Clark are constantly out with you, different you issues? Do you have a Clark Okafor, a Clark Dana, you know what I mean, or Kano at, at worst? Sure, Kano, as uh, you know, is probably not ready for all that. That'd be kind of rough. You know? I, there's got to be something that has to give here and something that has to make a, make a, make an impact on this team. I want to see someone besides Tyron Matthews step up, make an impact. Jerron Reed, do what you were signed to do on this team. You were literally brought in to help Chris Jones move to the outside DN. Mm-hmm. Without Jerron Reed, Chris Jones is still literally playing D-tackle every play again. Yeah. And Jerron Reed has done nothing. He's still, he's still nothing. the only one getting double, triple teamed while everybody else is one-on-one. There's, there's no push, no pressure it's whatsoever ridiculous. from the front four. So, guys, anyways, that's that's kind of my rant right now. That's kind of my response to both of what you said there. So, um, But, I mean, here's the thing, guys. We already know there's issues with this team, but I want to know your thoughts on the keys to get back on track because the Chiefs have the Eagles coming up, and the Eagles are also sitting at 1-2 one, one and two right now. And the Eagles are you know, a team that's frustrated. Jalen Hurts talked about throwing away a big turd against the Cowboys, and uh, you know they did not look good at all on Monday Night Football. And so – you know, that's fine. That team also does have some talent. I mean, Hertz is going to be a good athlete, quarterback, who's going to scramble around, make plays with his feet as well as his arm. Devontae Smith is a Heisman Trophy winner. Miles Sanders is a viable running back. Their defense is okay, stopping the run. they got some good D-tackles in there. So, I mean, this isn't going to be a pushover team by any means. No. I would say that this is going to be a team that you should be able to restrict their receiving options because most of their receivers are undersized. Guys, you can jam at the line and slow them down right away. So that's what I'm looking forward to the most. Uh, one of my keys to get back on track, I and mean, then I'm going to let you guys go, is we have to do the forcing this time. We're going to be, be the ones to do the forcing of the turnovers, not the ones turning the ball over. That is the most important that thing in football, in the NFL especially, when every game's determined by just literally a few feet. So create turnovers, be the ones punching the ball out, rather than being the ones turning the ball over. I mean, it's very simple. I have a few other things, but I'm going to let you guys go first. Tanner, what are some of your options here to get back on track against the Eagles? No, I, 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 that's what my first, my first thing right now, turnovers. Have none on you, offense. We be the one to make the turnovers, not, the, not us be the we one to the ball over. We will force the turnovers. We will not give you the ball. Yeah. We do not want to do that. So, look, <laughs> this is, this is a game that I kind of lined up as a, hey, it's a bounce me back kind of game, right? I'm not a big fan of Jalen Hurts, but the guy has played actually pretty dang decent in the last three weeks. A little better than I thought he would. So the guy leads his team in rushing. The guy leads his, of course, team in passing. He's played he's played a lot better than I thought he ever would at this point. We have to dominate all three phases of the game, period. We have to have multiple sacks. We have to have some turnovers. We have to dominate the offensive scene. I need Clyde. Clyde, man, you got to show up with 80 to 100 yards. We need somebody else. We need Hill to get, get bounced back now get out of those double teams and be able to catch the ball. And let's clean up some damn communication like we talked about, like you were talking about. Clean up the communication. Show us that, hey, you're not, you know, Hitchens isn't going back late and, and missing that uh, tight end down the middle. I mean, and these, the Hitchens and, and all that is it's not new to this team, not no. new to the system. A Sorensen. Like, a Sorensen even right there. Because Sorensen missed three or four calls last time. The communication should not be an issue whatsoever at this point. This defense is pretty much the same guys that we've had the last two years. And so it's not a whole lot of new faces. Like the guys all know how this system's ran. So why is there still issues with communication on the defensive, you know, end right there? This is, I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me. It seems like the only people that know what's going on is Tyron Matthew. And where's Juan Thornhill? You know, where's Juan Thornhill? Where's Juan Thornhill? Yes, by far. That doesn't make sense to me. Why? Why? Why is he not playing? Why is he like, not starting? Week two, 11 snaps. Week three, I think, was it less than that? I think it was less than that. I think it was less than 11 snaps. I think we, I think he played eight snaps, if I remember right. If I if I saw that right. And he posted on, on his Instagram a picture of himself that said, uh, allow me to reintroduce myself, making it a point to the team, to the franchise, hey, guys, I cannot 
you know, come back, come show you who I am without you allowing me to. They let him to get on the field and make plays. We saw him in preseason, guys. In preseason, he was put with the third string defense. Guess what he did right away afterwards? Turnover. He had a, a pick in the end zone. Turnover. turnover right away, saying, guys, this is not what I'm supposed to I'm not here to be a backup. He's meant to be on the field. Game three, preseason game three, the guy stayed on until he got the turnover. Game one of the preseason, he played pretty much all four quarters, essentially. Why? Why is this guy not on the field? This guy is a difference maker, a playmaker. You can trade him and Sorensen out. It's not the big He's deal. in Andy's doghouse, and it frustrates me that Andy gets stuck in his ways with certain players, because he does. He get, he gets stuck in his ways where he he actually dislikes certain players for whatever reason. I don't know. I think it's part of Spags, too. I really but, do. I think Spags has something And maybe too. they're concerned about him versus the run. Okay, so in that Baltimore game, sure, make that an excuse. In the Chargers game where Herbert's going to throw four touchdowns, no, that's a passing team, guys. That, that So at that point, that whole maybe he's not good against the run thing, throw out the window, we're not concerned about that anymore. He was benched against the run team, benched against the throwing team. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. He's just not playing, and that, that's irritating. So so we got Lamar Jackson 2.0, or 3.0, however you want to call him. He's somewhere in that point oh range, right? Hurts? Hurts. He leads his team in rushing, right? He has 100, uh, was it, 179 yards rushing TD. This guy's going to make things happen on his feet. Lamar Jackson makes things happen on his feet. This guy is the less part of Lamar Jackson. Let's do a rebound. Let's get it. Let's get a bounce back here. Let's contain. Let's work on containing. It's not that big a deal. That's what I want. I want to contain these guys. I want to contain Hurts. I want to contain Sanders. And I just want to freaking blitz and control the box. Don't well, let them One more thing I want to put some input on there about the safety situation to me. Is that you know people obviously have been watching Chiefs for a long time. The Chiefs run a lot of three safety sets, and so keep in mind normally you're going to see Sorensen more in the box. Meanwhile, Thornhill is going to play more of a free safety Correct. role while Matthew plays a strong. And so the Chiefs, I don't know if they've not been running the three safety sets as much because of the addition of Mike Hughes. That could be a potential thing right there. Maybe they're kind of replacing Hughes with Thornhill, or replacing Thornhill with Hughes more often on defense because. This team has thrived on three safety sets for a long time now and using a guy who can cover better in the box. So the thing is, like, it's not necessarily, in my opinion, a complete position change as much as a system maybe being a little, I don't know, uh, maybe a little more uh, decisive towards what positional they'd rather value on the field considering corner versus a safety on the field depending on situation they're seeing happen that's fair because we've seen three safety sets for the chiefs now for the last i i don't know it's been seven seven years or so so i mean thornhill played as a rookie pretty much every snap yeah pretty much every snap on this team we know what he can do and that was obviously with Sorensen next yeah great snap percentage last year too or yeah last year even though he was coming back from his injury so i don't get it i don't get it but hey we control jalen hurts we pound that defense for philadelphia we it's going to be a whole different ball game walking into week five. All right, Jason. Yeah. So for Juan Thornhill, I've only got one explanation for that. He's showing up to work every day high in Trump. That's the only explanation I have. But other than that, let's get to the keys to the game. So the Chiefs, obviously, been playing like shit. They need a punching bag to take out all their frustrations on. Uh, for me, keys to the game, they got to protect the ball. Yes. And we know they haven't been doing that, but I think it's 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 this is a get-right game, and so you're going to see Mahomes, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, uh, the people that have been turning the ball over, they're going to revert back to the mean. And so I do think that Clyde is going to protect the ball. Mahomes is not going to turn the ball over. And neither one of these guys are known for turnovers. Uh, it's just the way it's kind of gone for these last couple of games. Uh, but my other uh, concern would be, you know, besides protecting the ball, we got to stop the run because Philly is number five in the NFL in rushing yards per game, 129 yards per game. So uh, outside of that, you know, Jalen Hurts is not on the same level as Justin Herbert or Lamar Jackson, the last two quarterbacks that we faced. So, I mean, stop the run, and then we're going to let Tyron Matthew in the secondary do their thing. I agree. Gotcha. Yeah, for me, I mean, once again, don't give up on the run even though the Eagles have shown so far they've given up 3.8 yards per carry on the ground. I think that's something to still try to punch in there. And pay on the point. Ball. Clyde got 100 yards uh, running uh, this past week, which was his best he- week he's had. And it's been a while. It's, it's been like yeah. somewhere around week, week eight maybe of last year, last time he did that. 
Yeah, and if you want to oversimplify it, what's the key to the NFL? You run the ball, stop the run. It sounds yeah. too simple to be true, but that's what you got to do. Yeah, so then the last thing I had in mind, though, was just get this next guy we're going to talk about involved. Josh Gordon to the Kansas City Chiefs obviously is going to make a major impact on the landscape of the way this team is ran. Guys out there, I knew, I told you guys going into the season, I was very, we talked about this through preseason the whole, every week it seemed like, how concerned I was with the receivers. How concerned I was that if, imagine if Tyreek Hill went down, what do we have left? It's going to be a shit show. And it would have been a shit show. And the thing is now, the Chiefs made a big addition, who I think, who, you know, obviously has had some off-field issues, whatever. Not concerned about that right now. Let's try to live for the moment right now as much as we can. And this guy already practiced today with the Chiefs, Josh Gordon. And now, Jason, he's one of your favorite players, I think, from uh, from back in the day. Obviously, back when he was, I think, 23 years old or so. He's 30 years old now, like I said. It's, it's, this guy is still in phenomenal shape, absolutely. I saw uh, footage of him today in practice. Guy's obviously been taking care of himself. And he seems to just kind of be a natural football player. Guy's got long, lanky arms. And just physically... The build is ideal. Six foot three, two hundred and twenty-five pounds. So the guy is ripped out of hell. Absolutely incredible um, as far as shape right now, and always has been. His impact for me though is going to be replacing Sammy Watkins, replacing that big-bodied and also blocking ability, which is something Hardman's not going to do. You know, Robinson's a little prissy ass. I mean, you might get Pringle to block because Pringle's a pretty damn good football player overall, but. He's not on the field enough well, to you be saw, a blocker. You saw the last game a lot more Jody Fortson out there because yeah. you need somebody else to block out there. And you had to keep him in the passing game. Yeah, and you know I like Fortson yeah. quite a bit. Fortson's going to be an impact player on this team over time, I think. And he's also a guy who, if Kelsey, for whatever reason, was to ever become injured, I trust the Chiefs' tight end situation to get Fortson involved and to still pick up some of the slack. I mean, Correct. Kelsey's maybe one of the best, probably the best of all time at the end of this. Yeah. But, you know, he's always going to be decent enough to uh, replace Kelsey if needed to have happen for a few games. But, you know, that's, that's the thing. This adds depth to this team. This adds a big body. Patrick Mahomes was, was talking today about with the media about Josh Gordon's impact on the team and talking about how, you know, even if the guy's covered, he's actually still open. He is. I mean, it doesn't really matter if there's a corner on him or not. He's going to use that physical body to make a play on the ball, and that's what the Chiefs need because the other receivers they have, no one can offer that. Michael Harbin is not going to offer that. Even Tyree Kill is not going to necessarily offer that just because of his stature. But adding a six foot three, two twenty five receiver who can run a four four, absolutely, that's going to make an impact on this team. And Mahomes trust to throw the ball in tight windows, and he'll go up and get it. He will. Guys, thoughts on Josh Gordon? Yeah, I love it. And my first thought. The first thing I thought about is the fact that we just need this guy. We need him. We need him to stay clean, and we need the guy to produce. Yes. And the reason I say that is when I look at the landscape of the NFL, you look at teams like Tampa Bay. Who do they have? They have Gronk, Evans. Antonio Brown, Mike Evans, Godwin. Those are four studs. Who do the Rams have? Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, Deshaun Jackson, Tyler Higby. That's four guys. And the Arizona. Cardinals. Car- yep. DeAndre Hopkins, A.J. Green, Christian Kirk, Rondell Moore. I don't want to oversimplify this because you guys know I'm an NBA guy, but what do we talk about in the NBA? Who has the most weapons? Yep. Whoever has the most fucking weapons is going to win that fucking And game after that, you got the Bills and Cowboys to talk about. And what do exactly. they have? Same thing. Yep. And so look at the Chiefs. Who do we have? We have Kelsey and Tyreek. And so right now, those other teams have more weapons. And quite honestly, at this point in the season, they play better defense. And so... My hope is that Josh Gordon has surrounded himself with the right people who can encourage him to stay clean because, you know, you talked about having a big bodied receiver who is essentially always open. And that's true with Josh Gordon. But we also need a number three option and a number two wide receiver who has the ability to separate. Yes. So not only is he a big body, he can separate and he's, he's super fast. And so... Like, Josh Gordon, he's an amazing talent. I just hope he can stay clean. It's obviously going to take, you know, two to three weeks to get integrated into the offense. But I have high hopes for this guy. And uh, he, he might be the difference between winning the Super Bowl this year and not winning the Super and Bowl. And keep in mind real quick, you guys, Andy Reid's always liked giving guys second chances. Now, this might be Gordon's third chance, fourth chance, whatever you want to look at it as. But he worked with Michael Vick, obviously, after his dogfighting incidents. Yeah. 
And so Michael Vick ended up having his best passing season of all time with Andy Reid that very next season once Michael Vick came back from being out of the penitentiary out here. And uh, what was that city out here, guys, he was in? Uh, Leaven, he was on Leavenworth. Leavenworth. He was on Leavenworth. That's, up, where, that's uh, where Vic was yep, staying, actually. Right out here, just not too far outside of our home base. But, yeah, I mean, Josh Gordon, similar thing. Uh, Andy Reid's willing to give guys those those chances. All I'm excited for is who's ready for some fade targets in the red zone. You mean a fade? We haven't thrown a We're fade. We're going to throw a fade in the red zone. Oh, wow. Corner out and somebody who can actually catch it and keep his toes in. They, we the, saw that in training camp, right? The Chiefs have not run like a Look, true fade in, I don't even know. We, we, saw, we saw fades Dwayne practice Bo. in training camp. We got to go up. It was not pretty, right? They were going against all these short short cornerbacks. You get somebody up like Richard Sherman that just signed with Tampa Bay. You're not – you're probably – Carl Harmon not going to go for a fade. He's probably not going to catch that ball. Pringle, maybe. Robinson, you run backwards. It don't matter. Tyree Kill, he can jump, but that's about it. You have some guy who can actually do a fade and has a chance to catch this ball outside of, what, Travis Kelsey and Jody Ford's. I, I honestly can't think I'm of it right now. I'm excited I assume at some point Kelsey's probably done this, but like I can't think of a specific fade that Patrick's no, thrown to a receiver. You, you don't think about that. Like Dak, to a wide he receiver. gets to throw a receiver to the fades. Mm-hmm. You see Dak do it. You see Stafford do it. You don't see Patrick Mahomes, I don't think, in the last – at least, what, two years? I don't recall any fades happening. No, with the Andy Reid era, we've never really done fades. With Matt Castle, we did because it was like Dwayne Bow versus a little corner, and that would work. Yeah. I mean, he got 15 touchdowns in one year, guys, at one point back in 2010, so yeah. keep that in mind. But otherwise, with Andy Reid, Andy Reid's not like a big fade guy, but we haven't had like, receivers to run fades either for this team. Yeah, we had Donnie yeah. Avery, and you know Macklin was you yeah, know, right. six feet tall, not necessarily a Look, fade guy. But. No, but like you got a chance to, you got a chance to have a big red zone target in. And maybe that'll help our red zone offense efficiency a little better because we struggle at times with that. Well, that's because we get cute. We struggle because we start. We, doing we go- like to do the whole. We start doing goofy shit where we just need to punch the ball in there, and that's but where. So we why start. do we get cute? Is because we don't have a guy like Josh Gordon who they can throw the face. That's true. I think that's an Andy Reid problem more than anything. <laughs> I just I think Andy Reid is Andy Reid wants to kind of rub it in people's faces sometimes and outsmart them. And he can draw up the best plays in the world, absolutely. But there's times in the red zone where you just need to outmuscle the guy and punch the ball in with Darrell Williams or do something more more simplified. You don't need to outsmart them every time you get inside the five-yard line. And that's what Andy Reid's probably biggest flaw is as a coach. That's fair. That's fair. I don't know. I I just see Josh Gordon as a bigger red zone target coming up. We're going to throw some fades, I think, this year with him. Hey, bottom, line, bottom line is that I think all of the Chiefs, Kingdom, and Patrick Mahomes, and Andy Reid, They've all got a big dick big for boner. Josh Gordon big right boner. now, and and rightfully so. They should have a big dick for him. Yeah, I'm looking forward to see if he can play it all this week. Not sure. Not it doesn't sound like it. Doesn't sound like it from when Andy was talking. No, about No, you got to give him a couple of weeks, guys. Give him. A uh, give him. I'm probably give him one week. I bet he's. I bet he is playing on the field without a doubt uh, on week five. Yeah. Is what I'm going to assume I, I, right I now. I agree with that. All right, guys. After that, now let's go to jump into some fantasy discussion. So last week, you guys, you guys were disappointing. Absolutely trash, animals, throw you away, dumpster fire, babies. I got, I, got I don't even know what to think. I got defense here. Hold on, Jason, your two stardoms last week, you picked out a Quintez Cephas, who you kept calling who? him fetus all show. He got one point. Adam Humphreys, who you said was going to be force fed all day, got one point. Tanner. You got KJ Osborne got four points. Keep going. Zach Pascal got five points. Seven this targets. Was absolute garbage. Garbage. The only two targets. Yeah. No. So there was a tight end that somehow blew up for Minnesota for KJ. But Pascal had seven targets. Four of those were in the end zone. And four of those were bad passes by freaking Wentz because he can't throw the ball and save his life with his two bad angles. Okay? There was points on the board. Pascal four different times. All right. Well, that that's bullshit. What I what okay. I really want to know is, did I really call, what sucks? Did I really say fetus? You said show? fetus about ten times last week. All right, guys. So the first thing I need to do is apologize for that bad advice, but also I need to let you guys know that I had a little mishap last week on the show. Now I'm not going to tell you what that mishap is, but I am going to say it, it's it's not going to happen again, and you can confidently trust me. From here on out, for your fantasy advice, I'm here for you guys. Well, my point, you guys, is 
we're not doing stardoms this week. We're doing situms because obviously that didn't work out very well. So Quintez Fetus. Quintez Fetus was your number one sleeper of the week. It seems like and Tyler Heineken throwing. And then Tyler Heineken was going to throw to Humphreys all day. So he was going to force feed his ass. That's what we were told. Hey, hey. And I can only tell you what should happen. I'm not going to tell you what will. Happen. I'll say this: if you had had Heinekens instead of Imperial Stouts, then you oh, probably would have been more correct man. on our prediction. So that's good. All right, guys. With that said, though, let's jump into our sitems of the week. So I have a couple guys on my list, but I'm going to wait. I want to hear from Jason first on your sitems of the week. Well, you shouldn't go to me first. I've got a shitload. So my first. <laughs> oh, I, I just did two. What are you talking about? We I did got two a last week. Of them. So go for the it. First go for thing it. that you're going to want to do is you're going to want to sit all Baltimore Ravens running backs because they're running back by committee. So I don't give a shit if you have Tyson Williams or Latavius Murray. They're playing at Denver, which is number two against running backs in fantasy. So you're going to bench those guys. Number two, we're going to go to Chuba Hubbard of the Panthers playing at Dallas, who is number eight against running backs in fantasy. Uh, he went uh, Chuba Hubbard, 11 of 52, no touchdowns last week. He was playing against Houston, okay? So I need to see a little bit more. Now, from Chuba to, Hubbard before to be fair, I'm going like to trust golf. him. This is going to be like golf, so the lowest score wins at the end of this week. Right. Sure. Whatever you want. So the, the next guy I'm going to bet, and I'm, i gotta, I got to save a, a couple of guys for you guys, but the third guy is going to be Saquon Barkley. He's playing at New Orleans, which is number six versus opposing running backs and fantasy. Um, so I'm going to I'm gonna bench his ass because the reason I'm going to do that is because Saquon Barkley – is playing with an NCAA Division II offensive line. You heard that here yes, first. That's but a it's a fact. It's it is a, a fact. It's bad. And number four, uh, I got to go with Justin Fucker. You are going to bench his ass at the kicker position. Wait, 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 a 66-yard field goal, and you set the NFL record. What happens after that, Tanner? You know it more than me. Who? He's going to get cocky, and he's going to miss a fucking extra point next week. He's going to miss a fucking field goal because he just broke the record. He's going to go out and get drunk and not give a shit about the next oh game. Oh, my God. You mark my fucking word, it's going to happen. Okay? So, not that it, <laughs> hey, not that either one of you motherfuckers care about kickers because nobody in fantasy world cares about fucking kickers. 90% field goal accuracy kickers. He missed his first field goal last week this is, in like, hey, what, two years? This is expert advice, and it's like, oh. uh, you know, it's like Patrick Mahomes. I'll see oh, it when I believe man. it. I know, we're getting all this upset about a kicker. God damn, that guy? I like I like how Next. he said I like how he said what happens because I just my mind went straight to like Tourette's guy like, like <laughs> what happens when Alex Trebek has a picture of a giraffe of his ass during an earthquake hey you know what happens when these guys break NFL records they get cocky they think they just go get drunk and, and do whatever that's not gonna happen you know Justin Fucker is gonna miss an extra point I promise you now I know we're buffoons here but I mean we're, we're, I mean that's a big take you know I'm holding you accountable on that one. We're gonna talk about that next. But week. here's the thing: you can take, you can have a hot take about kickers because nobody gives a shit. It's a fucking kicker. Tucker's the best kicker of all time. Yes. Don't talk about Matt Prater. He's facing the Rams or some shit. I don't care. Justin Tucker is the greatest kicker of all time. But for one week, one week only, he's gonna be Justin Fucker, and he's gonna boot one because he got and drunk on a Monday. Hey, because he got drunk on a Monday, and he hey. plays on Sunday. Hey, stay tuned to the end of the show. He's gonna lose them the fucking game. I don't know who you guys picked. Who did you guys pick to win that fucking game? Justin Fucker's going to lose that fucking game. All because he got cocky after making a 66-yard field goal. Wow. Take it to the bank. That's, oh. a, that's a hot take, boys and girls. Tanner, hot go take. God damn. I don't know. I can follow that, dude. Um, <laughs> so my guy to bench this week is no other than Ezekiel Elliott. Running back to the Cowboys. Bench him. He's facing Carolina. Best run defense in the league. What are they going to do? What's that going to do? The same thing he did with Tampa Bay. Pass 56 times. Tony Pollard, you're up, baby. Get some points. So, Ezekiel Elliott, bench him. And I actually, I agree with you on that. He had he, five he was, points week one against Tampa Bay. 
five points. Bench yeah. him. And he was my number one, actually, but I didn't mention him because I was like, oh, yeah, who's going to bench Ezekiel Elliott, right? I actually agree with yeah. you on that. Well, why would you bench Dustin Tucker? <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, like I said, take it to the bank. <laughs> what, what other top uh, 15 kicker are you going to plug in there? Dude, I gave you four fucking picks, right? So I, I gave you all of my expert advice. <laughs> I had to throw a kicker in there. You're getting more bang for your buck if you just listen to my advice on the kicker. Oh, position. man. All right, all right, all right. I got another running back that you need to bench this week, guys, and that is no other than Damian Harris. James White is out for the year officially today, but that does not matter because you're facing T- or, uh, sorry, no, yeah, you're facing Tampa Bay. They held Zeke to five points, like I just said. No James White. He only had six attempts rushing after James White left. He had two targets receiving. Look, this guy isn't going to do nothing next week. Wait till the week after, start him. But do not start Damian Harris this week. Sit him. Sit him. All right, I'm looking at two on my list, you guys. I didn't get too crazy here, but my first sit him on my list is Chase Edmonds of the Cardinals. Yes. Playing at the L.A. Rams. Yes. Some of you might think this is wrong because, obviously, they're going to be passing. They're going to be maybe from behind. But both teams are, to me, pretty equal. They're both 3-0, and I like both teams quite a bit, actually. Uh, but here's the thing. James Conner is taking James. over that role, exactly. and they like him. They realize he is going to be the man. You're red he's, zone running back. He's the touchdown James man. Carter. So James Conner is going to get more looks as time goes on, and Edmonds is, get, is being started in 53% of the leagues right now. So my goal for you guys here as a fan fandom right here for us is to give you information that's going to help you. So if you're on the fence, considering is it 53% of leagues started right now, I'm going to teeter you a little, little bit this way, a little, little, little toss off to the side and push you over the ledge here and say, do not start Chase, Chase Edmonds. you got somebody else on your roster who's going to be better to plug in instead because James Conner is taking over and going to be the RB1 of the Arizona Cardinals. And like I said, guys, Conner, like you just said, Tanner, he's a red zone guy. Red zone he's guy. a touchdown guy. Uh, now, Edmonds might get a few catches because, you know, that's, that's fine. He might get three or four catches. That's fine. Who do you see on the ticker? Who do you see on the ticker? James Conner. James Conner. So, you don't see Edmonds. Edmonds is a guy you you probably at this point in your season want to sell now while you can <coughs> or just put him on your bench, plug him in when bye weeks come along and have him. I hope he gets, you know, you know 10 points for the bye week. week. I, I've got a bonus here, okay? I want to give you guys a bonus. Sit him for the week. And I'm going to go with Dalvin Cook. He's got a bum ankle. He is officially questionable. And... If you guys don't have a lot of options, you might have to play him anyway, but I, I encourage you to find a better option because he is going up against Cleveland, who is number three against running backs in fantasy. So if, if you've got a better option, I would bench well, Dalvin he, Cook. He just sat out a week, though. That, that we don't, matter? They, they still don't know if he's going to play. Sure. All right, so if you play, as you say, don't play him, do the injury. Don't play if you okay, have that, another that's option. Fair. Well, Madison. Okay, that, that's fair. If you play... And, but the injury's on, then I would just yeah, – right. I, I agree with that. Okay. I, I have one more, you guys. It's probably a little surprising for you. Um, but Cole Beasley is on my list of do not play this week. He's a sit for me. Uh, the Bills are going to get up quickly on the Texans is my thought process here. And so and the game's going to turn into basically a run fest. And the Bills have a rush rushing issue. And Singletary and Zach Moss have a lot to prove. And those guys are you know, not t- traditionally great running backs. As far I mean, we, we, know, we all know the Bills are one-dimensional offense. They're passing yeah. offense. But Beasley's going to get his early downs, obviously. He's going to probably come out right away, run his quick routes, probably you know, probably catch three, four passes in the game, put up 40 yards or so. So you're going to end up with like eight points in this game at the most for Cole Beasley. And at that point, because the Bills are going to be up so big, you know, due to touchdowns, thrown over to Manny Sanders. Zach Moss. You know, or Zach Moss, you know, at that point. Or, of course, Stephon Diggs. Uh, I just think this is a game where Cole Beasley has a regress because he had 13 targets last week. Well, he had 13 targets week one. Week two, coming off the 13 targets, went down to four targets the next game. So so think about that. He went from 13 to four, now 13 again. I'm calling four again for week four for Cole Beasley. So I think you have better options on your roster if you're a fantasy owner out there of Cole Beasley. And he's not a touchdown guy either. Keep that in mind. I find that You're lucky to get four touchdowns out of him. I find that interesting that you're you're going with a setum of, of Cole Beasley, who is an unvaccinated player. I find that very interesting. So is there is there something to that, Mike? No, I, I no. In, in this case, uh, Beasley just I just I, I think that he doesn't need to be the starter this so week. So you're not predicting that he's going to get COVID and miss the game? <laughs> no, I'm not predicting that. All right. 
There's there's no signs that show that whatsoever. So I just want to be transparent not. here. Why we're making we're the picks that we make here, right? It has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with playing against the Houston Texans in a game that's going to be a blowout for the Bills. So that game will be over before it even began, in my opinion. So, uh, guys, all right, we have another couple <laughs> segments here we're going to talk about. Obviously, I want to get into our power rankings right now. Um, we're going to be talking about our pickums after the show on our TikTok. So if you're still following along, give us a follow on TikTok. And we'll be going over our picks of the week. We only have six games to go over, so but they will be the impact games of the week, the most important games of the week. And Jason probably will tell you his uh, thoughts on the money line. Easy money bet of the Easy week. Easy money bet of the right week. Up. So check it out on TikTok, guys. But guys, here we go. We have ten minutes left. Let's talk about power rankings. We have one through seven. We're all going to top seven here. And so for me, I want to start from bottom to top. So if that works for you guys, we could do it that way. Start from seven and go up from there. Um, so we're kind of going to rotate, just discuss our thoughts here. You want me to go like number seven? I want let's go let's go round table real quick. So number seven, you go quick. What number seven? Mm-hmm. Baltimore Ravens. I have Raiders. What do you have? Number seven, L.A. Chargers. So we all have different teams at number seven right now. What is your reasoning for having the Chargers at seven? Uh, I think a lot of people would think that I'm that that's way too high. Many people don't have them in the top seven. I think this division is a little bit better than people think. I mean, the Chargers, they beat Dallas, and they beat Kansas City. And, uh, you know, Washington, I still think that's a good defense, even though they haven't really shown themselves yet. I I still think eventually they're going to be a good defense. So, to me, that's three quality wins. And that's why I have the Chargers at number seven. So... I mean, it, are, is Washington really that shitty of a defense when they play him in week one? Or is Justin Herbert that good? My vote is Justin Herbert is that good. That's fair. Yeah, I got the Raiders, you guys, because I think, as I told you guys at the beginning of the year, this is going to be a 10-win team for me, and they would make the playoffs, as I predicted before the season began. And they're playing very well. They beat the Ravens, a team the Chiefs could eventually not beat in the end. And so I think the Raiders are a team... They can you know, obviously work on the defense quite a bit. That's always been an issue for them. They're not a great defensive team and haven't been for a long time. But I think they got enough firepower on the offense right now to make explosive plays here and there. Him and Ruggs, you guys know what I think of Josh Jacobs whenever he's healthy. And Darren Waller, you know, one of the top three tight ends in the league. So I like Raiders, uh, number seven. And they will give the Chiefs a fight without a doubt as the season progresses, considering the Chiefs are down two games on them. Right. Uh, so Baltimore, guys, is my number seven. Lamar Jackson is my main reason why he's in my top seven. So many key pieces missing. We thought Baltimore was out of this, right? We thought Baltimore would probably be down like, what, 15, 20? With all the key pieces that were missing. If you have Lamar Jackson on the field and it's shown, this guy is going to take you. He's going to win. He's going to do everything he can to win the game. He converted the 4th and 19 last week to set up the Justin Tucker 66-yard field goal, who's not going to disappoint next week. So, Lamar Jackson is the main, my main reason. As long as he's on the field, they're going to be in my top seven. Yeah, just to be clear, the only reason I had Baltimore outside of my top seven is because they played fucking Detroit in week three. So, that's not even a real NFL team. So, they don't make my top seven whatsoever. After that, guys, number six, I have the Cleveland Browns at number six. I think their run game is phenomenal. I love their defense. Miles Garrett just had four and a half sacks. And that defense is only going to get better. There's a lot of talent on that team. Top to bottom. Baker Mayfield, you know, with Odell coming back from his injury. I hope Jarvis Landry can come back, as I will know you do too, Jason, due to the injury there. Um, But I like the Browns a lot. I mean, this is a team that if they can get it together, like in a more constructive kind of a way, and get their schematics down to to a pinpoint, this is a team that has potential out the roof. I mean, that's amazing. Yeah, my thing with Cleveland is that they they beat Houston and Chicago, so I'm not going to give them credit for those two wins, and that's why I have them outside of my top seven. But number six, I have the Las Vegas Raiders. And the reason I have them at number six is because they beat Baltimore and Miami. I think those are two quality wins. Now, we all know that Pittsburgh is a shitty-ass team this year, but anytime you go on the road at Pittsburgh, I'm going to give them full credit for that. Uh, Derek Carr, number one in the NFL in passing yards at 1,203. Uh, and they beat the Chiefs last year. And I I know I disagree with you guys on this, but I do believe that John Gruden is a heck of a coach. Oh, yeah. Maybe not the GOAT, but he's 
he's a pretty good coach, and I think he's gonna, you know, in this, you know, now that he's had a few years in the in, in the Raiders, I mean, out of his ten years, yeah, I mean, he's got a ten year contract, but he's he's had some time, and now I think this is the year to make it happen. All right, so my number six guys, Buffalo Bills, number six, Josh Allen is heating up, of course. We saw the Bills kind of tank the first week, kind of like just that preseason warm-up with Pittsburgh. But Zach Moss is starting to come alive, take over the carries from uh, Darren Singletary. The defense is actually looking pretty damn good, and they're going to dominate their division alone. So I like Josh. I like the Bills at six here. I don't. I think I want to still see more from that offense, that defense. But six is the Bills. All right, so after that, we got number five. I have the Bills right after you, Tanner. So I'm going to go ahead and say Bills here at number five. Now, keep in mind, they are the second-best points-per-game allowed defense in the league right now. 44 points allowed so far to the season and 94 points for us. That's a, that's a difference of a little bit. That'd be 50 plus 50 on the point differential, yeah. which is something that I look for and is very important to me when looking at games between whether MLB, NFL, NHL, whatever it may be, across all sports, point differential does matter, and it shows your dominance of other teams. Um, so for me, the Bills are a team that will compete with the Chiefs without a doubt in the playoffs once again. Josh Allen looks great, of course. The Diggs, Beasley is getting open. Many guys, the guy's phenomenal. And Manny Sanders has maybe revived himself with a great quarterback and coming back, even yeah. though he's getting older. Uh, he had a couple good plays last week. He had a touchdown, of course. Yeah. So I like Manny Sanders as well. I think the Bills are a good team. Number five. I've got the Kansas City Chiefs, guys. And I know I shouldn't do this because they pissed me the fuck off, and I'm sure they're pissing you off right now. But we know their identity. They, they've got something to prove. But honestly, would you ever put the Chiefs outside the top five? No, you wouldn't. So the ups, upcoming schedule isn't bad. If they can just handle their business in week five when they host Buffalo, the rest of that schedule in the next four or five weeks or so is not that bad. So I got the Chiefs at five. Gotcha. My fifth my fifth team here is Dallas Cowboys, everybody. They are they are way better than I thought they would be at this point. I, I didn't think I, – I didn't Man, think uh, – you know I, I thought you, Dak would struggle a little bit. You know I picked him to win the NFC East. You did. East. I, I picked him to win the NFC East. Too. Okay. But, like, I didn't expect him to be, like, so dominant with the receivers mm-hmm. right away. Now, Zeke – Zeke has kind of been a struggle, but Pollard, you guys. Pollard's come alive a Tony lot. Tony Pollard is legit. Oh, my. He's looking good. Like, I don't know what happened. Like, he was just originally, like, Zeke's backup. Yeah, he, and then, he, he like, was the guy you he, would throw out to the flat and let him you know, go. Or he's do turned whatever. into, like, he could start He, he goes at the middle and everything now, and it's, yeah. it's crazy. He does look faster this year. Defense isn't looking bad. I love the fact that it's possibly turned into a dual backfield with that back there with Zeke and Pollard. If that happens, that's a dangerous backfield. So, Dallas is five for me. All right, guys, number four. <laughs> I'm looking at the Chiefs at number four right now because – how can I put the Chiefs in the top three when they have one of the worst, if not the worst, defense in the league three weeks in? Now, obviously, the offense is great. We all know how we feel about the Chiefs. And I think Josh Gordon addition is going to make a big impact on the offense as well. Uh, but, yeah, they're my number four, guys. Chiefs are number four on my power rank. All right. So I got to say something about the Dallas Cowboys, right, because that's America's team. Uh, the reason why they don't make my list is because – They've got some easy games in that fucking division, and that division is dog shit. So at some point, they're not going to be battle-tested. They're going to show up in the playoffs and not do shit because they played it up against a bunch of shitty-ass teams. But I digress. Number four. I've got the Buffalo Bills. Dude, they look good on both sides of the ball. I love Josh Allen's chemistry with Diggs, Cole Beasley, and Emmanuel Sanders. And so... For me, Buffalo Bills are easily number 14. Okay, guys, number four. I know this team isn't on your list now that I'm about to say. It's not on your list at all because it should have been, it would have been on your sixth or seventh for you guys. Number four, the best defense in the league. Lights out. Carolina Panthers, baby. Carolina Panthers, best defense in the league. Sam Darnold. Has revived his career. No, no McAfee. No, no worries. No worries. Chubb Hubbard's here to save the day. I love the fact that Sam Darnold can get out there and still play like he is playing ball lights out here. I love this team right now. I'm so excited for them, and I think they will continue to dominate here. They just traded for a cornerback from Jacksonville to boost up that defense too. So I, I'm all in. I'm all in. Four for Carolina. 
I thought you were going to say a Broncos at first. Got 26 no, points allowed on the season. Yeah. Yeah. He has but, the Broncos at number one because they're undefeated. Yes, that's, that's yes. potential. I mean, this is like the Ben Roethlisberger MVP <laughs> like last year he talked about. So It was 11-0, not 4-3-0. All right, guys, number three over here on my list. I got the Arizona Cardinals as my third best team in the entire league. Currently, they are sitting right there, of course, with the Rams, 49ers, Seahawks, and the NFC West. But 103 points forced right now. Kyler Murray is playing MVP level, of course. And the defense also is coming alive. They got a lot of talent on that team. And I only see things going up. Uh, there's just too much talent to work with. So Cardinals number three for me. Number three. I'm going to go with the Green Bay Packers. And what you have is you got a pissed off Aaron Rodgers because he's listened to listening to all these people. He says that talk. They like to talk about a lot of bullshit, right? Pat McAfee show. Yeah. So. <coughs> You know, Aaron Rodgers is getting tired of listening to all this bullshit. They've got a top 10 defense right now, guys, as far as yards per game. They're giving up 321 yards per game so far. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to be in the discussion. I'm not saying he's going to win it. He'll be in the discussion for a back-to-back MVP award in the NFL. This next team for three is going to go really quick for me because we talked about it already a lot here. But I think the Chiefs are number three on my bus. So it's a struggle bus right now, but I still think, you know, Patrick Mahomes leading the way you had Tyron on the backfield. And hopefully that new signing with Josh Gordon is going to be a key. I'm going three. They're still going to be contenders here. Now, if they drop the next few games, yeah, you're probably looking at them out of the top ten. So, uh, But I still feel like there's still a lot of positivity around this team. They're still way above the rest here. Number two, I got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on my list. And obviously this team is uh, proving itself now at this point. We know how good they've been. But they just got their asses whooped this past <laughs> weekend, without a doubt. And there was there was no goofy shit with the referees making bad calls here or there. No, the Rams just destroyed them. Yep. Uh, but still, I love the Bucks. I love Tom Brady right now. Leads all of fantasy in points right now. And I think leads the league in touchdown passes even at the moment. 103 points for us, just like the Cardinals. Both lead the league in, in offense right now. Uh, their defense, which we all know is very talented, still only three sacks in the season. I think that has a lot to prove at the moment, but I think they have a lot to work with, and that will be a team at the end of the day that will finish top four in the entire league no matter what. So, yeah, Bucks number two. Number two. I actually agree with you. I do also have the Bucks at number two, and I don't take too much stock out of the last game. I mean, did the Bucks just win like two billion games consecutively? So <laughs> I'm like pretty it. sure they were due to lose a game. And so for me, I didn't really care who they lost to. I mean, they, except for the fact that they lost to a great fucking team. So it's too early for me to panic about their defense. It's giving up 29 points per game. Uh, they are dealing with some injuries, so I don't really care about the Rams' loss at all. Remember, these guys were 11-5 and five last year and won the fucking Super Bowl. So it's way too early to worry about the defense, and I, they're still number two in my power rankings. Number two, we have the Bucks as well. The yep. Bucks are number two. There's well, no we all reason. knew number one is then. Yeah, we all knew number one. So Tom, I mean Tom Brady. I mean this this is a returning Super Bowl team by far. They have the greatest chance. They last year they started the defense off late as well, and they're probably going to do the same thing. Right, they're gonna, the defense will start late, but they'll come right in time when when it needs to hit. So I'm not worried about this. Well, Jason, do you think that you know, considering you think that guys like Tom Brady and Russell Wilson throw football games, do you think Brady lost on purpose? <laughs> To, to, the the to, to the Rams to motivate Did he him really for the playoffs. Throw that game? To motivate him for the playoffs. <laughs> Here's the thing about Brady. Okay, <coughs> I'm not gonna say that he threw that game, but at the same time, when you're the goat and you know how these things tend to flow, um, you know you're due for a loss. And at some point, you're just gonna be like, okay. My, my team's not going to fucking show up today. So around about midway, third third quarter, uh, yeah, I'm just going to do my job, and then we're going to get the fuck out of here because I know I'm going to fucking lose because the rest of my team didn't fucking show up the, to play. The NFC Championship game, he's going to be motivated now that he threw that. Oh, yeah, what? dude. Who got- cares about that regular season game? When it comes to the playoffs, he will turn it on Yeah, he doesn't care about regular season yeah, games. Yeah, I'm not going to go with throwing, okay? okay? Tom Brady does not throw games. However, Russell Wilson <laughs> does throw games. And I still stick by my opinion that he threw oh, that game man. last week, which I predicted for you guys. You should have taken that bet to the bank. That's like free money. When JG yeah. tells you that a player, an NFL player, is going to throw a game, 
you gotta take that shit to the bank and you know yeah. be laughing all the way when, to the bank. When JB yeah. tells you yeah. Tom Brady yeah. and Russell Wilson throw games, are we doing number one yet? Like, or what the hell? Well, all I can say for number one, you guys, is that we have the best combination with the addition of Matthew Stafford of offense Cup, and defense Woods. combined. Look, we don't need to go over the names, guys. It doesn't matter just, who's on it. It's the best combination of great offense with best defense, and they mesh well together, and they proved it against the Buccaneers. With the addition of Matt Stafford, this team is looking very solid. So, yeah, no, without a doubt, number one Rams. Nobody misses the Lions. Nobody. Stafford does not miss the Lions at all. Oh, no. He wishes it never happened. Yeah. Number one. I haven't mentioned the Arizona Cardinals yet. So, they got to be my number one, right? No. I'm going with the L.A. Rams. Uh, they got coaching and a roster. Good enough coaching and a roster to be elite on both sides of the ball. And right now, if, if the, the vote was going to be today, Matthew Stafford is the MVP. So, yep, give me the Rams. <laughs> it's Rams. Better luck next time, you Cardinals fans. It's Rams, guys. Number one is Rams. I got nothing else to say about it. All right, you guys. Give us a follow on TikTok so we can wrap up with our pickums of the week. we got six games to go down the list of. We will be on there. And, uh, I mean, also give us, a, give us a like and subscribe as well to the YouTube channel here. So, yeah. thank you for sticking around. And uh, we have many more hot takes to come. Jason is full of them tonight. He is a hot take machine. So, oh, um, hang on, guys. I just got an update on Salvi here. Oh, wait. Uh, he has a right ankle sprain, pretty severe. He is going to be done for the season. No way. Are you serious? From an inside source here, it is not looking good on his uh on his injury. Kirk Gibson. It's going to be a Kirk Gibson home run. What the hell of the day? 48, possibly being the final. That is, Tape that, that shit is. up, dude. Tape Inside that source. up and get Inside me source. We start the show with Salvi, we end the show with Salvi. Uh, He's just, not I done. Just, He's not I had done. I throw that out there. I have an inside source that says possibly we are looking at no more Salvi the rest of the year. Don't That's believe it, guys. Right. Don't believe it. He's right. full of shit. Don't believe it for one second. He was right about a lot of stuff. So. All right, guys. Any final thoughts besides that? Because that's depressing. No, hey, you know, give us a like, subscribe, follow, download, whatever. Tweet us. Follow us on TikTok because we got more content coming. Out. I will see you all on the next one. JG Baller out. See you guys. <laughs>